You're listening to the DIY Recording Guys podcast, your one-stop information source for DIY music production, with your hosts, Fadim Karaz and Benjamin Hall. Welcome to another episode of the DIY Recording Guys podcast. I'm Vadim from Calm Frog Recording. Today's episode is all about stereo, 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 stereo. Ah, excuse me, I had something in my throat there. I'm alone today again. Ben is celebrating his wedding a year after he got married. Uh, but the pandemic has cooled down a little bit, so him and his wife are on tour, enjoying themselves. I hope. In the meantime, I'm here in Philadelphia. I just spent a week in a heat wave with no air conditioning, and that is my musing for today: is that air conditioning has to be easily one of the top five best inventions humans have to their name. Because I'll tell you what: productivity without air conditioning when it's hot just drops off to next to nothing. I had such a hard time doing anything. You're just constantly just sticky and weighed down and feel like you're walking through molasses. I was not very productive. Today's episode is a back to basics episode on stereo. And we're going to start with a little thought experiment. Pretend you're outside. It's a nice day. You're just enjoying the fresh air. You're standing outside. You close your eyes and you're standing there for a few minutes. And then suddenly a car alarm goes off. Now, somehow, even though your eyes have been closed for some time, you can usually locate, at least approximately, where that car alarm is coming from with no visual cues, right? As your eyes are closed. It's an interesting thing. Like, how does that work? Let's pretend the car alarm was coming from your right. So we've talked about sound many times on this podcast and how it travels. We can picture the car as a single point source and sound emanating from it as waves kind of in a spherical manner. So we have a point and then the sound is emanating out from that point. So you're standing there with your eyes closed and those sound waves are traveling and each wave and each kind of crest of each wave is hitting your right ear in this example a little bit before it's hitting your left ear. As it turns out, the most interesting and complex plugin you own is the brain that's plugged in right between your ears. What the brain does is it says, okay, I hear the same sound wave, but I heard it a little bit sooner in the right channel, the right ear, than I did in the left channel. And therefore, I'm going to interpret this sound as coming from the right. So really, the ability of your brain to locate based on sound sources alone is really a question of phase, right? It's the phase between your left ear and your right ear. And a similar kind of effect happens uh, whether something is in front of you or behind you. Your ears are kind of asymmetrically shaped from front to back. So sound behaves a little bit differently uh, entering your ears from the front than it does entering your ears from the back. And so you can actually perceive uh, three-dimensional space, right? And you can you can locate sound sources in three-dimensional space even with your eyes closed. It's a very, very cool concept. Now, let's pretend that car alarm was right in front of you and you perceive it as coming from right in front of me. What is happening physically? Well, now we have our sound wave. It's traveling right at our face 
and it's entering our right ear and our left ear at the same exact time. So our brain says, okay, same wave, same volume entering uh, the right ear at the same time as the left ear. Therefore, the sound must be coming from directly in front of us. Fair enough. How does this apply to recording? Well, let's pretend for some ungodly reason we wanted to record this car along. We put up, take our microphone, put it in front of the car, and we record that sound. By nature, we are only using one microphone, therefore it is a mono signal. We're gonna talk about what mono means in a second, but for the sake of discussion, mono is just a single waveform. Uh, we've recorded it, and now we're going to pretend that we're listening back to it in headphones. So I have my headphones right here. Headphones have two cups, a left cup and a right cup. And think about what that means. That means when I'm listening to something in these headphones, the sound is actually coming from directly to my right and directly to my left. And yet we can do all this cool spatial stuff. So if we were listening to our car alarm sound recorded with a single microphone, so a single waveform, and let's say we had our pan knob set to center, dead center, zero. Well, we would perceive that sound if we closed our eyes wearing our headphones. Again, we would hear it as if it were coming from in front of us. Physically, what's happening in the headphones is we have a, um, uh, the same signal as being sent to the left cup as to the right cup. Right. So we have, again, our brain is just says, OK, I got two channels, left and right. And I hear the same waveform and I hear it at the same volume and I hear it with the same phase, which means the, the waves from the left ear and the right ear are perfectly aligned. Therefore, I'm going to interpret it as something that's coming down the center or from right in front of me. So same concept applies even when we're wearing headphones. Now, if we decide to pan, we take our pan knob and move it to the right. It's actually, you could, you could picture it like two faders. You have a fader for the left cup and a fader for the right cup. So if I move that fader to the right or that, that pan pop to the right, what's happening is I'm decreasing the level, cutting the level in the left headphone and I'm increasing the level in the right headphone and now all of a sudden the relationship has changed now we're saying okay well this is it sounds like it's coming uh, more loudly from the right hand side and therefore our brain perceives that as coming from the right there are phase tricks we can do as well and phase comes into this as well as we'll talk about shortly so what about that sweet wide stereo sound that we want to get from our mixes Let's do another quick experiment here. Pretend we are in a concert venue. On stage, there is a single guitarist. Maybe they're doing sound check and they're playing a note and it's just one person playing. And yet the sound sounds like it's coming from uh, across the stereo field. It doesn't sound like it's coming from a point. What's happening there? Well, there could be a number of things, right? First of all, there could be multiple amps on stage, right? Second of all, there could be PA systems. There could be speakers or uh, stage monitors that are all emanating the sound um, either from that mic'd up guitar cab or uh, if, you know, if it was a sound taken directly into the, the, the board or whatever. But that sound could be emanating from different speakers. You are just standing there in the middle and you can hear sound coming from different sides. Plus, there's walls, there's ceilings, there's floors. So the sound is bouncing around also. And so by the time it's reaching your ears, it, it sounds like it's coming in stereo. In a mix, how do we replicate that? Because we've taken a microphone, we've recorded a single guitar amp, let's say. That is a single waveform. How do we make it sound huge like it's coming from all over the, uh, the stereo field? So let's pretend, let, let's actually do this experiment. Let's pretend we've recorded a single guitar track. And uh, again, that's a mono source. 
let's listen to what that sounds like. I just pulled up a track from some really old session. I think it's just a guitar DI. I'm going to put on my headphones here and we're going to listen to it. All right, so there's our guitar sound. And I'm listening in headphones. If I close my eyes, it sounds like it's coming right from the center of my head. Mono source pan center. Now I'm going to pan that hard left. When I pan it hard left, effectively that whole sound is coming just out of my left headphone cup. Nothing is coming out of the right. I'm going to check that. Yes, nothing is coming out of the right headphone. And so I perceive that as coming from the left. Now, let's do another experiment. Let's say I duplicated that track and I took my copy and panned it all the way to the right. Now you might think, well, shouldn't that give me a sound like it's coming from uh, the, the sides of the stereo field? Let's try it. Sounds just like the first one. Still sounds like it's coming right from the middle. And I'll, I'll show you, I'll, I'll mute the one that's on the left side and we'll just hear the second track, which is panned hard right. There it is. So this makes sense if we think about it, right? We already said, if I was recording a sound and was coming from directly in front of me, what the headphones would do is send me the same signal at the same volume with the same phase into my left and right ear, and my brain will perceive that as coming from in front of me. That's effectively what we've done here, right? We've just replicated that process. We've taken a waveform, we've duplicated it. We pan the first one hard to one side and the second one hard to the other side. And guess what? Our headphones are playing the same waveform, the same amplitude, the same phase. And our brain says, yep, that sound's still coming from right in front of you. So we can't just duplicate a track and pan it to the left and right. And in fact, this really gets us to the punchline, which is what is stereo, right? Stereo, by definition, is the difference between left and right. If that's the only thing you learn today, learn that. Stereo is the difference between left and right. So pretend you're listening now in your headphones to a full mix, right? We're listening to a full mix, some elements like maybe the snare drum seems like you close our eyes, the snare drum's coming from right in front of our face, but other elements, maybe the synths are coming, seems like they're not coming from the middle at all. They're coming just from the sides. Well, again, physically what that means is that the headphone signal, the, the, the snare drum signal in the headphones is the same between the left and the right channel. That tells our brain it's coming in the middle. Whereas the synths will be different between left and right, and then our brain interprets that as width, as it's coming from the sides. So what can we do now with our guitar track to make it sound wide, like it's coming from the sides instead of right up the middle? Well, we need to make the left channel different from the right channel. And there's a number of different ways we can do that. The first way we're going to, to play around with is just a delay. What we're going to do is we're going to take one of the channels and delay it by a little bit. That should give us a difference, a phase difference, effectively. And our brain should now perceive that as coming from the sides instead of uh, right up the middle. So let's try it. So I have my hard pan left and right track playing at the same time. Now I'm going to start delaying 
the signal in the right channel a little bit and we'll see what happens. That's one millisecond of delay, almost nothing. It already starts to sound a little bit wider, a little bit different, right? That's 11 milliseconds of delay. Now it sounds like the signal is coming from the sides a little bit more so. Twenty-two milliseconds, even wider still. That's thirty-five milliseconds. So pretty wide. That's like seventy milliseconds. And right, uh, actually, way before that, actually, probably somewhere above 40 milliseconds, we start to uh, get this effect where our brain says, ah, you're trying to trick me. There's actually two different sounds going on here, and we start to get almost like a slapback delay effect or like an echo effect. So now, rather than hearing a single guitar coming from the sides, now we're hearing one guitar and then it's echo delay. So... That is a cool effect. Pretty cool trick, right? We only have to record one guitar. It's coming from both sides. Why wouldn't we use this all the time? Well, there's some pitfalls with it. Like think about a common pitfall we talk about with acoustics. If I have a monitor and I'm listening to sound in that monitor, the sound hits my ear at some point. Also, the sound travels to the wall, reflects off the wall and hits my ear a short time after. And why is that a problem? Well, because we get this kind of comb filtering effect where some frequencies uh, start to disappear and other frequencies get accentuated, right? And, and that's an effect because, again, we're having the same waveform, but uh, the one that's bouncing off the wall is reaching our ear a little bit after the one that's reaching our ear from the speaker. And depending on that delay, we get some phase cancellation. And so this is effectively the same thing. We're taking uh, two identical waveforms and we're delaying one of them. So we would expect to get some uh, filtering effect. Now, we don't really hear that filtering effect in stereo when we're listening to a true stereo track. But if we were to collapse this quote-unquote mix into mono, we would start to hear the tonal changes that we are imparting. Now, I want to say something about mono very quickly. You might say, who's listening to music in mono? Well, the, the reality is, first of all, most people who are listening to music um, in, in a serious way maybe aren't listening in mono, but all of us listen to music in mono at some point or another. For example, on our little cell phone speakers, right? That's a single speaker, so that's a mono sound. Also on those little Bluetooth speakers, pretty much a mono sound. Smart speaker, something like an Alexa or whatever. Also maybe like in the store, Right, if you have um, a track playing in the store just out of a loudspeaker, that can be mono as well. So there are applications for mono. So while we don't want to make too many decisions based on mono, we do need to consider what our mix sounds like in mono. Because picture this: you have a really screaming, rocking track with awesome-sounding guitars, but in mono, if those guitars disappear. Uh, what happens? Do they disappear? Right. Let's play around with that. So what I'm going to do now is the same experiment we just did 
but I'm going to sum the, the output to mono. Effectively, what the headphones are doing is taking the left side and the right side, adding them together into a single waveform, and then playing that waveform up the middle. So now we're, you know, we're taking the left and right, we've added them together, we get a single waveform, and that single waveform is now coming from uh, both headphone cups um, as if it were a mono source. And we'll see what happens with these different delay frequencies. I'm actually using a free plugin to do this. I mentioned this company a lot recently, Boz Digital Labs make a, makes a free plugin called Panipulator. It's a P-A-N-I-P-U-L-A-T-O-R, I think. It's like manipulator, but with a P for manipulator. And what it does is it just lets you do these quick things like sum a mix to mono or uh, flip phase on left and right channels. Pretty cool plugin. Recommend checking it out. Let's take a listen. I've now summed the mix to mono. Here's our two tracks coming from the left and right. Uh, it's some to mono, but there's also no delay on them. I'm gonna start adding a delay again, and we'll see how the tonality changes. That's one millisecond of delay. Sounds kind of telephony. It sounds like we've gotten a boost in like the low mids, 400 hertz or something like that, like a haw, right? And maybe we've lost some high end. That's without the delay. With the delay. That's seven milliseconds of delay. Let's do it with it and without it. lose a bunch of low end there, right? We lost a lot of like the bass character sound kind of sounds thinner now. Now again, if I took off the mono summing, we would hear that guitar now coming from the sides. With like no tonal change. That's 18 milliseconds. Still lose some low end, but it's got a nice, nice tonality to it. Not too bad. That's without it. With it. So we definitely lose a little bit of low end, but the rest of it seems to be reasonably intact. And I'll talk about why that's important in a minute. That's 22 milliseconds. Starting to sound really thin there.
at 78 milliseconds. And even in mono, you can hear now it's like an echo, like a slap back delay. So this is very interesting, right? We can use this effect to our advantage, but we have to watch out for this mono compatibility issue. And so this is exactly how I would do this. If I was using this technique, one of the things I would do is sum the output to mono, maybe using this free plugin, and then adjust my delay to get a compromise, right? To get an acceptable tonality out of my sound, even in mono. Okay, so that's one trick you can use. Another thing to note is this concept of the Haas effect, H-A-A-S, Haas effect. What the Haas effect says effectively is uh, the when you have this type of scenario where you have a slight delay between the left channel and the right channel, your brain perceives the sound it hears first as being the louder sound. So even though we know that we're sending the same waveform, the same volume into the left and right side, the only difference is one is delayed a little bit, our brain will perceive the earlier sound to be a little bit louder. And so we're going to listen to that. And you can account for this just by taking your um, uh, the doubled sound, the one that's a little bit delayed, and increasing it by like three to five decibels usually will get you there until you feel like you have relatively the same loudness between the left and right side. So check that out. See if you can tell there. The left side sounds a little bit louder, even though the waveforms are the same. So we're going to turn up the right side a little bit so we can get them to be about the same. So that's, I turned up the right side by about three and a half dB. Maybe even could use a little bit more, but that's pretty close. That's about four and a half dB there that I turned the right side up by. Now it sounds like they're pretty well balanced. So Haas effect, remember that as well. Now, of course, if we want to avoid all this trickery, which we usually do if it's an important part of the song, the best way to get differences between left and right is to double track, right? So, which is to say you recorded this part once, record the same part again and no matter how good of a guitarist you are there will be differences in your two performances and then you, then you can pan one truly hard left and one truly hard right there's enough differences there that you will perceive a wide sound and that is really the best way so these are kind of other tricks that uh, are useful for things that maybe are less critical or we can do in a pinch um they do not replace double tracking, but they're still good to understand conceptually when we talk about stereo. Now, 
we could do other things to increase the differences between these two tracks. And this concept applies to our mix as well as to these individual tracks. For example, I can also add in addition to the delay or even, even without the delay, I can add effects like chorus, like a modulation effect like chorus or a saturation effect like distortion. So let me put those two things on with no delay and see if we can tell that the guitar is coming from the side. So this again, this is the same exact guitar track. I took it, duplicated it. I took the duplicated one and put some modulation and saturation effects on it. Pretty interesting. The right side is a little crunchy. But other than that, it sounds like it's kind of moving around, like it's unfocused, like almost like the initial attack is coming in the middle, but then I get this kind of moving around thing that's coming from the sides. Let me combine the delay in with these effects. Pretty wide sounding. Now it's a little more focused. It's a, it's keeping the the middle of the stereo field a little bit cleaner with that delay. So the guidelines when you're using the delay trick, uh, you got to play around with these. But below 12 milliseconds or so of delay, you can run into the bigger problems with mono compatibility. Right, so you want to keep your delay somewhere above that. I remember the first album I ever recorded, I didn't know about double tracking. I was just playing around with stuff and I would use this Haas effect trick and I was delaying my tracks by like two milliseconds, I think, because I was like, okay, well, this is the minimum I need. Why would I go more? Uh, so really like around 10, 11, 12, 11 or 12 milliseconds, Below that threshold, you can run into bigger issues with mono compatibility. And then above like the 35, 40 millisecond range is when you start to lose that uh, stereo effect and start to get more into a slapback delay effect. In between those two, so in between 12 milliseconds and 35 milliseconds, collapse your mix to mono and adjust and see what gives you the most suitable compromise, what gives you a suitable tonality when summed to mono. And then finally, remember the Haas effect says that sounds we hear a little bit first, a little bit earlier, will be louder, so you can compensate for that with your fader. And finally, adding additional differences to between the tracks, such as modulation effects, will increase this effect of width. Now to show you this, uh, how double tracking is neater, I actually have this part double tracked. So now I'm going to do the same thing. I'm just going to play the left. Uh, one take on the left with one take on the right, pan hard left and hard right, and we're going to sum to mono, and you'll see that the, the tonal change is much more acceptable, much more desirable when we have a double-tracked part. Check that out. Here's our two parts. It's interesting because you still feels like you still lose a little something, but the, the tonal difference is not as severe as if we had done the delay effect trick.
So the tonality is much more intact. Some other tricks are we can take our mono signal and we can send it to a stereo effect like a reverb. And what you can get, you can get a, a different uh, type of effect here where you get uh, the sound still coming up the middle, but then it, it can spread into the stereo field into the back. And that could be a really cool effect too. So check out the same part with just a stereo reverb. So I've set a pre-delay on that reverb so that the initial attack is not affected by the reverb and still is in front. And then it kind of spreads back to the sides. So that's how you can convert mono sources into stereo sources. So with, again, or stereo in general is the difference between left and right. What's similar between left and right or what's identical between left and right ends up being perceived as coming up the middle. Uh, sometimes it can be cool to have nothing in the middle for something like a synth. You can use this, uh, these types of tricks to actually clear out the middle so something like the vocal can cut through and the synth can just fill out the sides. Uh, but for things that are important, I recommend double tracking always, always, always. And that will be your best way to get a wide stereo sound. Don't overthink mono. Most people are listening to music in headphones or in cars or, or in places where they are, in fact, listening to stereo. Stereo is more important. But a mono check is a nice thing, both to get your balancing and EQing right, and also to make sure that you don't run into these types of phase issues where certain things start disappearing in, uh, in mono. Finally, I'll tell you that if even if you're double tracking, you can still increase the difference between two parts and get an even wider sound. And so, for example, if you have a really bright, maybe clean tone on the left, so you're using like a bridge pickup on a Telecaster, and then you play the same exact part using a neck pickup on a Stratocaster into a crunchy blues amp, even though you're playing the same exact part, those parts are so different that they're going to give you a really wide sound because your brain says, well, there's like no correlation here between left and right. So this must be really two different things coming from uh, somewhere very wide apart. And you'll still get mono compatibility probably because you've double tracked. So that can be a very cool way to get even wider sounding stuff. That's all I have for you today. If you haven't checked out our ebook yet, go to www.howtorecordyourband.com. You'll get the ebook and you'll also get on our mailing list where we send out free goodies and things that we give away that you may have missed on an episode. Um, and also my musings, my general ramblings about all things audio, what I'm thinking about, what I'm working on, what I've learned. And uh, we can get in touch too. Tell me what you're working on. Send me your tunes. You can get me always at Vadim at DIYrecordingguys.com. 
Ben is at Ben at DIYRecordingGuys.com. Until next time, it's Vadim reminding you to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Take care. If you're enjoying the podcast, take a minute to leave a rating wherever you like to listen to it or share it with your friends on social media. Also, Benjamin and I are working engineers and we love helping people turn ideas into finished productions. So if you're interested in working with one of us or just want to discuss a project you're working on, reach out. You can find my work at calmfrogrecording.com. Get me on Instagram at calmfrogrecording or shoot me an email vk at calmfrogrecording.com. And you can check Benjamin's workout at dreamloudstudio.com. Hit him up on Instagram at dreamloudstudio or by email ben at dreamloudstudio.com. And finally, join our Facebook group to engage with a whole group of friendly, like-minded people who are interested in DIY recording. Just search for DIY Recording Guys on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and for your continued support. See you next week.